Socialism with Chinese Characteristics by Harpal Brar Can the market really be made to serve the masses? This long-awaited volume comes at a most critical time for the world progressive movement, and whoever sincerely desires to competently serve the masses in their hour of need must surely hasten to read it. It contains a wealth of information about China, the history of its revolution, and its current policies. But besides that, it is a crucial handbook for understanding how to apply Marxism-Leninism to the current world situation. As a result of the unresolved economic crisis that surfaced in 2007 and has never gone away, notwithstanding the partially successful manoeuvres of capitalist governments to dodge the crisis at the expense of the working masses all over the world, People everywhere are rising up in turmoil and despair. Massive protests are taking place in numerous countries. These protests are primarily against the deteriorating living standards of the masses, although they take different outward forms, as protests against police brutality, protests against government corruption, protest votes for populist parties, and so on. Ultimately, the basic reason for the protests is that society, ruled as it is by immensely powerful but selfish, greedy and infinitely cruel imperialist ruling elites, is increasingly failing to provide adequately for those of us who have to work for a living. The economic system desperately requires revolution, not only to establish rational distribution of the massive wealth being produced by the working masses, but also to put a halt to the incredibly destructive wars that the imperialist ruling classes wage in order to facilitate their plunder and to their wanton destruction of our planet's natural resources that is endangering the very future of life on Earth. Mao Zedong famously said that everything under heaven is in utter chaos. The situation is excellent. But at this particular moment the chaos is diffuse and lacking in direction and, as a result, achieving little. For the ruling elites to be overthrown and their cankerous economic system to be replaced by a rational system able to cater to the well-being of the entire population requires direction and leadership. The revolutionary movement needs to know what it wants and how to get it, and for that purpose it needs to be led by communist parties that are free of opportunism and therefore able to lead the proletariat to salvation. From that point of view, the situation is very far from excellent. Communist parties in most parts of the world have little influence, and many of them have sunk into opportunism in the vain hope of becoming more popular, achieving nothing in the process but to get themselves hopelessly lost ideologically. To restore the prestige of communism among the masses, and to offer them effective leadership in their struggles, it is essential to have ideological clarity, which Harpal Brower's book aims to help to provide. This book is not just about China. It is about clarifying the way forward that needs to be taken by the progressive movement in order to cure the ills of the present day. It focuses on China because without a clear understanding of China's revolution and subsequent evolution, it would be very difficult for any communist party to offer the masses effective political leadership. The main point it emphasizes is that China, as an anti-imperialist power, must be supported wholeheartedly, 
but that restoration and expansion of market relations since the death of Mao Zedong, notwithstanding China's successes under the market system, pose a serious threat to the continuation of the Chinese Revolution. Those successes can also blur the vision of revolutionaries everywhere, so that they lose sight of the fact that the whole point of working class revolution is to dismantle the market as soon as possible, since its depredations and inherent irrationality cannot be indefinitely contained even by the most socialistically minded government. To date, the experience of the Chinese market economy gives the appearance of contradicting this most basic tenet of Marxism-Leninism, as a result of which it would be the grossest neglect of one's duty as a communist to fail to investigate this issue thoroughly, without regard to sentiment and without fear or favour. Harpal Brower's book makes this investigation easier by collecting together a mass of facts, both historical and economic, on which investigation can proceed. It starts by putting the Chinese Revolution in its historical context, and continues by examining the class struggle that took place in the years immediately following the establishment of the People's Republic. The book deals in some detail with the Cultural Revolution, pointing out both its strengths and weaknesses, putting into context the attempts to bring about fundamental economic reform, and demonstrating how attitudes to the Cultural Revolution differ according to the class interests of the contending parties. The author strongly emphasises the massive economic advances made by China in the years before the pro-market reforms were introduced, and shows that these advances were the essential basis on which the subsequently installed market economy was able to flourish. Harpal Brower goes on to give tremendous detail, both of the economic achievements of the Chinese market economy as well as the price that has had to be paid for these achievements by the Chinese people. But one point is made abundantly clear. Under the leadership of the Communist Party of China, the state has retained a huge public sector that is able to provide essential infrastructure and services, as well as to respond effectively to crises such as earthquakes or the coronavirus. This is in contrast to the fragile economies of imperialist countries whose respective ruling classes, in the frantic search for profitable avenues of investment, have privatised so much of what had previously been kept in the public sector in order to make it reliable. With so many essential services privatised, governments are left bereft of resources to mount any kind of effective response to crisis, and services become both more expensive and less reliable. And often, as we see in Britain, a means by which capitalists can milk the state's resources in order to amass even greater wealth at the expense of the taxpayers, even under conditions of deep economic crisis. Harpal Brower is well known for his desire to see a reunification of the communist movement and the restoration of its prestige and influence, which suffered greatly, first by the triumph of Khrushchevite revisionism and the split in the communist movement, and then, even worse, by the downfall of the Soviet Union. His first book, Perestroika, The Complete Collapse of Revisionism, published in 1992, sought to assist this reunification by winning back to Marxism-Leninism those communist parties and individuals who had been bamboozled by Khrushchev's revisionist theories of market socialism. The hope was that as it could now be proved that these theories were toxic, 
Since their application had brought about the collapse of the Soviet Union, revisionist theories could be abandoned and the communist movement reunited. By and large, unfortunately, most of the parties that had embraced Khrushchevism failed to face the fact that they had been mistaken and so failed to mend their ways. And now China, despite its embrace of market socialism, has not collapsed but has made giant steps forward, leading many to believe erroneously that it is possible for a progressive government permanently to bend market forces to its will and make them benefit the masses of the people. Harpal Brar painstakingly shows how the success of China has come about and at the same time demonstrates that this progress cannot be maintained indefinitely under market conditions. For the love of the people, this is a book that must be thoroughly studied. <laughs> <laughs>